You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hi, this is Tony Cotti, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. So, as I promised you earlier in the week when me and James spent a solid hour doing the Moyes in, Moyes out debate after our pact earlier in the season when we assured you we'd never do it again. One thing I did promise you and a promise I this time intend to keep was that we're going to have a very special Brentford guest to look ahead to Monday night's game at London Stadium. Talk Sports, very own broadcasting sensation and Brentford specialist and super fan Natalie Sawyer. Nat, great to have you join us on the podcast once again, I mean, the game earlier in the season at Brentford, 3-2 defeat for West Ham. Exciting start. Went 1-0 down, 2-1 up. It was like, here we go. Yes, exactly what we've been after. Threw the game away. Really disappointing and frustrating. Uh, but it was a sort of a blip in an otherwise pretty good start to the season points-wise. And you come to London Stadium on Monday at a really peculiar time. For West Ham, the mood among, it's hard to say the majority of the fans, but it's not. But a large part of the fans is awful. The football's not good. We haven't won this year. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm just pretty fed up by the whole thing. Um, how are you feeling? How are you doing? What do you make of, of West Ham from afar? Um, just looking, as you say, as you rightly say, from afar, you sort of think, how can you be fed up when you're ninth in the table and you're still in Europe? Bear in mm. mind, Brentford are 14th and only five points off the relegation zone. Have won one of their last five. I just it feels as though we're just being dragged into this relegation battle. That being said, I do understand what West Ham fans have said about the style of play and not enjoying it. And obviously, this 2024 has not started well at all for, for West no. Ham. But just on paper, you sort of think, <laughs> would you would you rather swap places with us right now? I don't think so. No, quite. And the, the reason I say I'm fed up is because of the 
the sort of misery among some of the fan base. I, I'm still really pragmatic about the whole thing. And mm. go, look, we're ninth. You know, the football hasn't been great. And that is the problem under David Moyes. When it's when, when you approach games like he does, when the results don't come with it, it's really bad because sometimes we get results and it still hasn't always been an, you know, uh, an enjoyable game to watch or that exciting. But the, the thing that's doing my head in at the moment is people go, oh, we want entertaining football. Well, what I'm finding is that entertaining clearly means something quite different to some of my fellow West Ham fans than it does to me. Because what I've found really entertaining the past two or three seasons is watching my team play in European games, mm. in semi-finals, quarter-finals and finals. That is more entertainment than I've ever had in my life. Watching us play some good football sometimes and finish 12th or 13th, which has typically been what I've had from West Ham for most of my supporting career, is just not entertaining. I don't want to go back to times when Tottenham away is the biggest game we're going to have in a season. Mm -hmm. I've, I've had 25 years of that. Like, what is entertaining for me is the big, massive European games and having West Ham playing games that fans of other teams might actually watch rather mm. than just trying to get us, you know, excited. Playing home and away in the Premier League is it's, it's really doing my head. And that's the frustrating side that I just wish that like, this season could still be our best, like one of our best ever, if the fans were just united a bit more and had a bit more patience. You know, there is loads of nuance in the in the conversation and, and it's always hard to do those. You'll find it, no doubt, as well. It's hard to do that in sort of, you know, 10, 12 minute radio segments or or stuff on TV, even when, you know, me and James did an hour long podcast earlier in the week, you still come away sort of going, ah, oh, there's this little bit of nuance that Got I didn't that, mention. Yeah. yeah, it's just difficult. But um, yeah. yeah, how are you finding it from a Brentford perspective at the moment? You, you talk about relegation battle there. Lots of West Ham fans are using Thomas Frank as an example of a manager who could take West Ham to this next level. But how are you feeling from from a Brentford side of things? Um, well, listen, I mean, at this moment in time, our football isn't great. Uh, we're not playing this wonderful, expansive, exciting style because actually, if you look at our last five fixtures, we've played Spurs, City, Nottingham Forest, Liverpool, and then City again. So predominantly in that sort of run of games, we've had to be the the low block side that hope yeah. to hit you on the counter. So, because, I mean, even take the City game most recently on, on Tuesday night, there's no way you're going to go to the Etihad and go at City. It's very rare a team will do that. And if you do and you lose and you get thrashed, I don't know, five, six, seven, whatever it is, you then get called, oh, how naive. How naive are Brentford to have gone into that game like that? Even though, retrospectively, I've seen people say how bad Brentford were in terms of how we set up. But I don't know what else you expect a team like us to do in those sorts of scenarios. That being said, the City game previously, the, the year before, when we beat them at the Etihad, I was there and I was so surprised at how actually we did go at City a little bit. Mm. But then we had a, a stronger team than we have at yeah. the moment, you know, in terms of the pace that we have in our side. We're kind of lacking that a little bit at the moment. Brian and Burmo is a massive miss. Obviously, it's great to have Ivan Tony back in the team and he's scoring, obviously. But he um, he misses, I guess, don't get me wrong, him and Neil Mope have been working well together. But I think he just misses that sort of, well, again, relationship he's had with Brian and Burmo that he's trying to build with Neil Mope currently. But also that, 
that speed that, yeah, if I can hold up the ball, I know Brian can bomb down that right wing and he'll be there, you know, in a flash. Whereas Neil, unfortunately, doesn't have that speed to be able to catch up with play either. So that's where we're at right now. But um, we are having to play very defensive minded a lot of the times, trying to counter, but we're lacking the pace to kind of play through teams. It might be over the top more. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's that's what, you know, I've found a lot of the time because I can I can understand. Right. And I, I, I never dismiss people who say I don't enjoy going to watch West Ham games at the moment and I pay good money to go and do that. So I expect I totally understand that. Right. And the fact that some people might want different or enjoy different things at their football team is fine. But the one question I've been posing is, oh, who do you want instead? And amidst that, this is from people who are staunchly moise out. The there's a myriad of people who just go, oh, I don't know, but just moise out. And then there mm. are others who who just sort of feel like they're just they haven't given much thought to it. They go, oh, Th- Thomas Frank at Brentford, he's doing a really good job. And it's like, well, yeah, he is. But Brentford as a club are set up far better than West Ham are. Like the backroom staff, the whole club from top to bottom at Brentford is a far more professional, united, single-minded operation. And but there is the, the you I don't know you you'll be able to tell me better. But as you sort of touched on there, I don't think the football Thomas Frank plays is too far removed from David Moyes, is it? No, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, obviously, when we were in the Championship, we did play a little bit more you know, ball on the feet, at the feet and a bit more expansive, playing out from the back, all that kind of stuff that's dreamland. But that's the championship. You can't and your squad up... was one of the best in the league, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you can't necessarily come up into the Premier League and still play that way because of the teams that you're playing against. So you, I mean, I do think Thomas Frank is adaptable. I do think that's one of his key strengths that depending on the opposition, that's how obviously we will line up. We don't have just one set play, which obviously, you know, you could tell how Man City play and how Liverpool play, for example. Yeah. But we and West Ham, to be honest. Well, yeah, we will have a bit yeah. of versatility, but it does mean more often than not, it's not that exciting because most, a lot of the top end teams in particular are going to be teams that want to play through us. So we mm-hmm. have to do our best to stop them in whatever way that might be, and whether it is a low block, whether it is those gamesmanship things that we see, this time-wasting, the slowing Quite down. Quite a lot of that we saw the other night, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. And listen, I'm not a big fan of it, but I understand it's all game management and it's all yeah. it's all allowed. You know, it's this is what we've <laughs> come to in football. So, you know, it's, it's the small margins, really, that we've got to try. You know, if you think about that City game, I was obviously across it and thinking they're going to score. Any moment they're going to score because this is City, they're going to break us down. But really... You look at some of their chances, there were half chances. Our defence was as firm as it could be. And it only came down to a slip that Erling Haaland took Mm. advantage of and then beat our keeper. So I think we come away with that with a little bit of credit, personally. Um, Doesn't mean we're going to now walk into this West Ham game like, yeah, we're going to bully them, we're going to beat West Ham. But, you know, I just feel as though, yes, we're in a bad run of form, but you also have to take into account some of the game, some of the teams we've been playing recently and hope that we get through the next few because we've still got, Chelsea to come, Arsenal to come, and then it slightly gets easier. But any game, I mean, no, no game is easy in the Premier League, so we shall see. Well, quite. I mean, you sort of mentioned that there. Then my um, uh, we we do the uh, the Betway charity bets every week um, on the podcast, and my bet that I have submitted earlier today was Ivan Tony anytime West Ham. Um, sorry, less than three and a half goals 
in the game and more than six and a half corners. And I just feel it being one of the, it's not going to be an exciting game of football, is it? Because Brentford are good at what they do. West Ham at the moment are in poor form. If there's more than if it's if it's not two one or one nil or one all, I'll eat my hat. It's just it's it's yeah. leaning, it's lending itself to that already, isn't it? It's it's one of those where you think, why have you picked this as a Monday night football? <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's not attractive yeah, yeah. in any way. Um, yeah, I, this I screams think... we've got we've got to put each team in yeah. a certain amount of times. Let's yeah. just crowbar that one in. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what it feels like. Definitely. Um, yeah, I. I like you, I, I don't know what to expect really from this game in terms of goals or whatever, but I probably am leaning towards what you're saying. It's probably not going to be a game that we're going to be reliving for years, certainly. Right, <laughs> right. Um, look, just uh, just before we move on to Ivan Tony, I do want to get your thoughts on Saeed Ben Rama. I know you're a staunch uh, Saeed Ben Rama advocate, and as I'm sure you know, I was delighted when we let him go. The only slight uh, disappointment for me was that it was temporary, and the fact we, he might have to come back to West Ham one day. But before we move on, um, just a reminder that uh, James. Uh, that, that we um, are playing for charity Dylan Tombini's Foundation DT38 and of course the Bobby Moore Fund this year thanks to our charity partners Betway James Jones's bet for Brentford West Ham to win Mohamed Kudus anytime Bowen two plus shots on target and you can back both of those bets for real if you like on the Betway website and app so Nat talk to me Ivan Tony. Uh, before we go into Ben Rama, because I'm not letting you go without uh, getting your... him. <laughs> it's honestly, I'm still not over it, even though he's gone. I'm still not over it. You think any sort of healthy, sane person would uh, be able to put it behind him and move on, but still bitter. Um, Ivan Tony, he's come back amid all the furor that, that came with it, and he's found his goal scoring boots almost immediately. A couple of interviews where he's, he's hardly hiding the fact that he wants to leave Brentford. Uh, almost as soon as possible, it sometimes seems. Um, what, what did you make of the whole thing, the, his return, his, his form since, and, and some of the comments he's made in that situation in general? Um, well, obviously, brilliant that he, straight first game, he scores. Slightly controversial, obviously, that free kick against Nottingham Forest, but nonetheless, yeah. still great. <laughs> he scores. Yeah. And, and yeah, he's contributing as we expect him to do. I mean, honestly, I... I think with Ivan Tony, I've, I've never seen a more rapid improvement in terms of everything, his all-round game, his technical ability as well. I mean, when he came first came to Brentford, yeah, it was great. You know, it took a little while for him to score goals, but once he got into that rhythm, you know, it was brilliant. But I just feel as in season on season, he is just improving. And even just some of his touches, you know, the way he can just hold the ball and and playing his his teammates and you know there's so much more to his game than just scoring goals I say it all the time he's so good when it comes to set pieces defensively for us as well he sometimes is one of the first to the ball um yeah. so big plus to have him in the side what do I make of his comments well Ivan Tony is I would say how do I put it uh he is unique he is <laughs> very diplomatic indeed. yeah no, but look I'm not going to I'm not going to be negative about him in the sense because, listen, what he's done for our club has been absolutely brilliant. So I can't knock him. I also know... What he's done in return seems quite like exemplary yeah, yeah. as well. You know, standing yeah. by him and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think, look, do I want to hear a player speak so openly about wanting to leave? No, of course not. 
But then do I want any player to ever leave? No. Do I ever want any player to suggest the grass is green? And no, I always want them to think Brentford is the pinnacle, but it's not. Yeah, I'm, not sure, yeah. I'm not stupid. I know we have a ceiling and at this moment in time, who knows in the future where, where we'll end up, but I still don't think we'll ever get, you know, up to the top end of the table regularly um, yeah. as we get through this season. Um, so I kind of, how can you knock someone that has ambition? He, he wants to, to play at a top level club and play in Europe and play in competitions as far as he can go in, with that team. So, yes, of course, ultimately, I don't want to hear players saying what he's saying um, or saying what they're saying. But I also said, I kind of think we know where we're at, Brentford, and we are a team that are going to profit from that because we're going to get a big amount of money for him. So, yeah, you know, positives and minuses to a whole thing. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I, I understand what you said. I just found the same thing with Declan Rice sort of last season at West Ham. Where it's just like, well, and same with Tony. It's like, look, you're clearly good. Like, you're clearly so good that you're going to get a move. Like, yeah. I know they probably get asked about it all the time, but I don't feel it hurts too much to just sort of like play it down. Just say, look, I'm a West Ham player. Like, I get paid by West Ham. Yeah, know, I get that. Everyone knows yeah. what football's like. Those those things will happen, but. I'm not the one to talk about it. Like, you, it's almost like I don't feel players like that need to tell the world they're really ambitious. It's like you've got an agent. Yeah. Let them have the, the conversations quietly. Like, yeah, yeah. And just on the face of it, like, everyone knows that's going on. But when you're asked, just to, a bit of respect for the club who are paying your wages and the fans who are supporting you at the moment. You know, the yeah. betting ban and Brentford supporting them aside. You know, there's a contractual thing there. What are they yeah. going to do? Just like, that's not going to happen. He We're not going to sack him because they're going to go somewhere no, else. <laughs> exactly. Those sort of, you know, historic offences and that sort of thing. I, 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 I didn't, don't buy into too much that. Oh, he stood by him so heroically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do sort of find it doesn't hurt that much. It's not too much of a of a stretch to go, no, look, I yeah. play for Brentford. You know, transfer yeah. windows are there. We've all got agents, yeah. but I play for Brentford and I love playing for Brentford. And, you know, I'm going to keep doing my best for Brentford. That's all you need. But, isn't it? It but, that, and that, but that is probably why, though, I call him unique because I don't think I am pretty sure he's listen. It's not the, like you say, it's not like he's just done one interview. He's done several interviews and he's been filmed on holiday. He's been filmed, you know, saying some yeah. things are a little some fans could find disrespectful i think i'm of a generation now where i'm just like i just don't care as long as you go out yeah, there yeah, yeah. 
I actually don't care yeah. because I know yeah. you're going to move on. And the fact you signed up to a big mega bucks agency um, last year, I think was a huge indication. You're right that you want a big move. Probably that was all he had to do. You've moved on. Yeah. Don't say anything now. You're right. You're probably right. But as I say, I'm just out of that age now and I've been there in the league two days. So I'm enjoying where we're, yeah. at, where we're at right now and just going, yes, yeah, it's not great what you're saying. I don't particularly like it. I wouldn't do it in your situation. But as long as you're scoring the goals and you save us this season, then I'll go. go <laughs> yeah, <away>. then crack <laughs> on, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's worth, if he's giving it the big end and scoring one goal in 10, then it's like, yeah. <laughs> maybe reconsider, Ivan. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Um, now, uh, you, you'll be impressed by these stats, I think. Uh, 22 games, hmm. zero goals, one assist. Um, for the defender, that's pretty poor. For a goalkeeper, even. Not too great. I'm pretty sure Edison's stats this season. Those were Saeed Benrahma's stats this season before he left on loan for Leon, where, incidentally, he's played twice and hasn't scored. Um, yeah, he, he left in, in January. Oh, so, hang on, hang on. So, basically, West Ham's season is faltering because of Saeed Benrahma's stats. Nobody else, just Saeed Benrahma. Just check it. <laughs> Hey, all, all I'm saying, we may be in a slightly better position if, um, yeah, the the attack-minded forward, which he was purporting to be, uh, might have actually put the ball in the net, or even set one up for one of his other teammates. <laughs> but he couldn't find that within himself before he left. Um, yeah, that never ever really worked out. You were a side mm. Ben Rama advocate, as we know. Um, because, like you said, he was part of that Brentford team when you're in the championship, sort of taking the game to uh, other teams with with aplomb. It was Ollie Watkins mm-hmm. he was playing alongside then. Of course, who was the third one? I always forget. Brian and Burmo. Brian, Brian and BMW. BMW, that's it. BMW, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he went. Were you sad to see him leave? Lots of Brentford fans saying you would have taken him back. Um, zero interest in in there it appeared, uh, and he went I, to France. Yeah, I did see that. I did see, obviously, when it was becoming more and more clear that he was going to be leaving at, at the, in the January window, that a few Brentford fans were piping up saying, oh, it'd be great to have him back. Um, and maybe, again, that nostalgic side of you would think, yeah, it'd be brilliant, let's get the gang back, back together. But, you know, obviously our, our directors, uh, our sporting directors, our directors of football and everyone the scout, everyone involved in the, in the recruitment side of things, didn't feel he was the right player to bring back. Uh, as a, like, maybe they watched him. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. I mean, I we, we I will defend him because I enjoyed what I loved him when he was in the Brentford team. I am a little sad that it didn't work out for him at West Ham because I just we all hoped that he would move up into that Premier League and and you know step up a level. Um, what I will say, actually, if you look at Brentford's transfers in terms of sales and the big name sales and. Not to, I'm not talking about necessarily big name prices, but big name sales like Side Ben Rama, you know, not many of them have actually gone on to do better, which is a bit of a shame. Um, yeah. but Watkins being the standout, I suppose. Watkins, obviously, without a doubt, is just ticking the box. You know, you could even say Esri Konza, but he was only with us for a season. But still, again, massive tick yeah. in the box. Um, the, the rest really didn't go on and fulfill what p- perhaps people expected of them. Now, that could be down to a simple thing as of culture within a team. I'm not saying this, this is just, I'm surmising. No, no, you do, you might be right. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Saeed Ben Rama is a person that needs to be loved. I don't know. I don't know how he it works. He's that type, yeah. And David Moy didn't really love him. 
no, you know, why would you? If he's not performing, you're not getting what you want out of him. And then it's a vicious circle, isn't it? You're not really, you're never really going to repair itself, uh, unfortunately. So, yeah, I was saddened to see him leave because, you know, I love him and I've always tried to defend him. Um, but I am nostalgically defending him. So, mm. you know better than me how he's performed for West Ham. Yeah, quite. Mine's developed now into the sort of obsession a 32-year-old man shouldn't really have anymore. I feel like it's just hatred. It's pure <laughs> hatred from you. It's mean. Yeah. yeah, so you know, so, like sometimes in your life, like a side of your personality will come out and you go, oh, I don't like other people being able to see this. That's me with side it's, it's like you've got a snarling lip when Cyberdrama is <laughs> mentioned. But you know what? It's a bit like Neil Mopay with Everton. I mean, Everton fans, I, I've got, as I mentioned, I was talking to you before we started doing this, and I was saying, mm. I, I, you know, I've got Everton friends, and they are like, when, when it was linked to, to, to coming to Brentford on loan, we were like, drive him down, we'll happily get rid of him. <laughs> um, you know, because he wasn't performing for them. But again, that was a different sort of, that was a very different setup. I mean, I'd never thought it was going to work at Everton, really, unfortunately, for Neil Mope. And yet he's mm. come to us and he's kind of been scoring a little bit more. Well, he obviously has scored more goals than he's for us yeah. than he scored for uh, Everton. And uh, I'm sure Everton fans are now thinking, well, where was this Neil Mope? But he mm. slightly play differently, slightly. Um, you know, it, he's more isolated when he was playing for Everton, where that's not that's that's not quite the same with us at Brentford. So yeah, I can get it. I can get it that where you're coming from. He didn't do what he was expected to do. Um, I'm just saddened for him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you never know. He, there's every chance that he, he sort of has to pull on a West Ham shirt again, but I don't think so. I'm pretty sure the way the deal's set up that uh, we'll just be there. Probably I will, yeah. Right, Nat, just uh, quickly then before we let you go, the game on Monday night, as, as is often the case with West Ham and the opposition views we do, the on-field stuff is typically less interesting uh, than what's going on off the pitch, as is the case with your team at the moment. But the game on Monday night, so we've already sort of in, intonated that it, it might not be a classic that we'll remember forever. But just as far as sort of how you expect the game to go, any team whose injuries or anything West Ham should be aware of, or how you expect Brentford to approach um, the game, because it's one of those that the uh, London Stadium, the way things are going at the moment, could turn pretty sour pretty quickly, if indeed um, <laughs> there is even a period at the beginning of the game where it's not already like that. Um, team news-wise, I think we're very similar to, to what we lined up against Manchester City. I don't think anyone's returning, unfortunately. And look, when I talk about Brentford, injuries has hit so many teams, as we know, this season. But, you know, you look at our defence, for example, both our full-backs are out. Ethan Pinnock is out, who's been tremendous, really, this season. Joshua Silver in midfield is missing. The pace of Kevin Sharder, the pace of Brian and Burmo is missing. So um, I fully expect, actually, we'll probably line up very similar to what we did against City. It'll probably be a 3-5-2 because we, we are damage limitation right now. That's what it is for us. So we'll do our best to try and hit you on the counter, I'm sure. Um, what I will say is, I, do I want to say this? Every time I've mentioned a stat about game going into it, it's <laughs> gone against the bloody form. So, for example, when, when we played Liverpool which obviously was not a great game. Um, it was the home side had never lost in the Premier League. And I know we've only been, this is our third season, so it's a silly stat, but still, I was throwing it out there to try and um, scare Tony Cascarino, who's a Liverpool fan. Um, obviously, that didn't work. But um, we've never lost to you in the Premier League. So I'm that hoping... That doesn't surprise me. 
um, yeah. I think we won all five games as well. Mm. I know you beat us in the FA Cup um, when we were in the Prem, but so I'm going to have to obviously go with a Brentford win. But like you, it'll be narrow. It'll be it'll be decided by the odd goal. So I probably it's my standard answer: two one Brentford. But I've got to <laughs> that we get a win somewhere because otherwise we really will be dragged even further into this relegation picture. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you just, you just sometimes you you have to accept that games aren't going to be very good, don't you? And although you sort of like to go, oh, you never know what happens in football. Lots of the time, you do know what's going to happen <laughs> in football. And uh, yeah, I I am going Monday night more. Just I'm going sort of on the strength of uh, I've got my ticket, obviously. Anyway, um, that anyone else who I'd normally offer it to if I couldn't go. <laughs> is not interested whatsoever <laughs> and i'm in london so it's like full uh, work it's a yeah. 20 minute tube ride and yeah. no one else has a season ticket so i may as well go yeah. um but yeah i know you know which isn't yeah. a good endorsement though is it i may as well <laughs> go <laughs> no, not really no i just think i'm just not enjoying it at the moment because the general feeling around the club i, I do you know I, i'm not saying in the old days at upton park it was loads different but there just does seem a different sense uh, around like yeah. lots of the West Ham fans at the moment. And gone are the days, and perhaps that's a societal thing a bit more, and it's like uh, old clubs. But gone are the days, it seems, of, well, look, you know, the fans feel like they can play a part. And when things are going bad, let's sort of get behind them even more to give them a bit of support. Mm. You know, like the last time I feel like I saw it really in the modern day was Everton at. Um, you know, the Frank Lampard, when, when yeah. the team, when they were struggling, they were rubbish, yeah. really got behind them. We're yeah. not even that rubbish. We're ninth in the league. You know, that's yeah. better than the vast majority of the last seasons we've had over the last 25 years. And I, I just sort of feel, you know, we could be on the brink of something special here. All right, if it's not like the style that you like. By the way, while I've got you on now, I came on the weekend sports breakfast on Sunday morning <laughs> and I made an absolute pig's ear. Of an analogy, right? About washing. <laughs> I didn't understand it. No, no. What I was trying to say was, and I got it the wrong way around from the off. It was seven o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. <laughs> I'd hasten to add for anyone accusing me of uh, rampant misogyny. Um, well, the, the, the analogy was supposed to be um, that my girlfriend has been on at me about doing the clothes washing for a long time. And that I finally got round to doing it and that she had a go, when she had a go at me about the way I folded the stuff up, my, yes, opinion, my point was, look, you've been on at me about doing the washing for ages. I've finally done it. You don't mind at me about the way I'm doing it, i.e. David Moyes is the one. West Ham has been crying out for ages for a team who's good and gets in Europe. Don't now start moaning. <laughs> you finally got what you wanted. Don't now start moaning about the way it's done. Um, but yeah, and I made an absolute pig's ear of it on air. That so did not come across that way at all. No. Oh, <laughs> right, no. If anything, I was just thinking, your poor girlfriend, crikey. Yeah. She's like, get domestic goddess, go over there and do what you're supposed to do. Honestly, That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> an absolute stinker. So that, that's sort of my point. I, I appreciate it's not quite the same doing it on this podcast, that correction as it is live on uh, <laughs> national radio. But yeah, I thought, well, <laughs> well I've got you here. It's good just to so clarify yeah, just so you. I'm not. Think I'm now going to come away from this conversation thinking, oh, he doesn't live in the 1940s. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> he does respect women after all. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Matt, look, it's been an absolute pleasure, as it always is, when I get to talk to you, uh, to have you on. 
who are we are on the podcast. I said a Monday night's game, West Ham v Brentford at the London Stadium. And look, if you listen to this thinking, I was going to go, but these two have sold it to me as an absolute stink. And maybe ignore us. Maybe think, oh, they no. don't know what we're talking about. Get down to London Stadium and support the boys. I imagine it will be a sellout in the uh, way end. But yeah, Nat, it's been absolutely brilliant. Did you, yeah, 2-1 to Brentford, you're saying. Yeah. I've given you that way charity bets this week. And I'm going to say, you know what? I just can't. I'm going to stick with with my bet. I think Tony will score. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really can't see us winning it, unfortunately, which is a bit sad. But I, I reckon one all, one all, which I don't think will do anything to change the mood among the fans at the moment. But one all, yeah. I and uh, who knows, maybe like a, a header from Thomas Suchek or something <laughs> absolutely uninspiring. Uh, anyway, that's absolutely brilliant. Thanks very much to Nat Sawyer, sports very own, and of course, huge Brentford fan. As well, thanks for listening this week. Me and Jonesy will be back as usual. Uh, obviously, given that the game's on Monday, we'll record on Tuesday, so the pod will be with you then. And then we'll have the opposition views from then as usual. Thanks for listening. West Ham and Massive Up the Hammers, and we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. Podcast Network.